I've shared a little bit in this transition, uh, kind of where I'm at and my process in this transition of figuring out uh, what to preach on, what to talk about, and been going through some messages I've preached over the 10 years almost that we've been here, and uh, some of which I read through and I'm like, that doesn't sound like, I don't even remember saying that stuff. And some of it, I was like, man, that's really good. I don't remember saying that either. But uh, but one of the things that um, you start thinking about as you're moving to a different season, you start thinking about the, the deposit, the legacy. Like, what, are, what is it that, um, what is it, what will be your memory? It's not like I'm dying or anything, but it's definitely, <laughs> there's definitely has that feeling, you know, of like I'm moving to, the, the, I'm going to be, who was and there's other people who were before me and and uh and you know we when we remember steve backland we talk about this is what steve and did or this or memories or whatever and then we talk about um danny for those of you who are here with danny and and then of course talking about bill too and um and it's really it's it's interesting um how your how the mindset the just the way you see your past changes when your future changes. And uh, anyway, I've, I've been in that process. And, and while this is not at all just my, something I started, not my legacy or, or anything like that, I hope that I did my part to keep it rolling. And that is that um, the, the family of Mountain Chapel um, and the fact that Mountain Chapel is a family, that's what I talked about is perfect for Liam to come running up here because um, one of the things we we value is being family and uh, so I want to talk a little bit about that and I want to talk about um, you know one of the things that's close to my heart that there'll be some just familiar stuff in probably the next few months of of just preaching but um, and that is how to how to be a family like what our personal responsibility is towards being a um, part of this body and then of course our connection and part of being part of the greater body of Christ and and what makes what I believe what makes Mountain Chapel Mountain Chapel and and at least in some parts in regards to being a family sound good? that's okay? okay um, I remember hearing Candace one time talk about our job as the they, she was referring to their job as the leadership of Bethel and talking about um, their job is to facilitate connection but we can't take ownership or responsibility of making sure that people don't fall through the cracks and it was a um, it was a really interesting moment when I heard this thought of like okay that it's something that I believe and I agree with, but how do you create that that system where people actually own, take ownership of making sure that they don't fall through the cracks? You know, in any situation, in any um, organization, but especially in the, the body of Christ, oftentimes we, um, the leadership will take ownership of that and therefore create a culture, a culture where there's no personal ownership of, um, and so you hear things like, um, you know, so and so didn't 
call me or didn't let me know or I didn't, whatever. And so um, something of, of ownership is something I've talked about a lot over the years. Um, I think it's crucial and super important to being part of the body and where we own our connection. And so we're actually going to talk about um, three things, actually three questions that I, would, I want us to ask ourselves in taking ownership of being part of, first of all, this this body, but the greater body. Because whether we're here in this church or whether we're in another church, um, our ownership and owning our connection, us being responsible to not allow ourselves to fall through any cracks, um, is what makes the body strong. It's what makes us um, a family. So I want to I want to talk about that. Um, and really, the the understanding is it, it can sound um, it can sound a little harsh, but I want to focus on the actual point is that when we when we talk about this, we're kind of talking about structure, and we're talking about how our perspective and how we think creates a structure. So culture is culture is created by what you value. What you value affects how you act, and how you act creates a culture. It creates a, a, a group of people that act similar if we value the same thing. And so one of the things, if we have a high value for ownership, then it'll actually, over time, as more and more people have this, stir up this value for ownership and encourage that in others and talk about it and speak that way and all that, it actually becomes part of the culture where the culture actually, uh, it's, it's normal and natural for people to own the connection. Does that make sense? I know I've talked about this stuff before, but... Um, it's something that's just really on my heart, and um, and I feel like it's crucial, especially through this next season, where a, in a transition of of leadership, it's actually really easy to fall through the cracks, because there's a big crack between. No matter how hard we try to kind of like keep it, there's going to be a big crack to fall in, because all of a sudden you were recognized, you were known, and then when a new person comes, a new family comes. All of a sudden, you're not, and you have to start over in some ways. And it's an easy time. And I would love to have. I would love for that not to happen. I would love for that for the church not to. Traditionally, the the church will kind of do this when there's a transition. And uh, I would I would love for that not to happen, as most of us, I'm sure, would. Um. But what we're talking about is focusing on the, the actual structure, like what, is the, what does it look like? And, and it's really where we, where we put our energy into. We value what we value, we put our energy into. And we put our energy into providing opportunities instead of, um, instead of putting our energy into a structure that actually chases. And it doesn't mean we don't have a responsibility to reach out because we do. We have a responsibility to connect, and we're going to talk about that in a second. But, but when we think about structure, we, we you know, as a team and as leadership, and it's important that you guys understand that our heart is to create opportunity. So, for instance, if we're thinking about um, a game night or a whatever it is that we're talking about. It's our, it's our heart to create a really good opportunity for people to come and connect. 
people to, to press in, for people to not fall in the cracks, but to actually um, meet new people, connect with old friends, and to connect. We intentionally, and this, again, this is, it's, a, it's to focus on the structure, not to take it personal, but we intentionally don't create a culture that chases after people because if we do, then, if, then it's easy to forget. It, it's easy to fall through the cracks. You create a culture that actually has lots of cracks because if you forget to, to call one number, it's like, oh, nobody called me. Or if you forget to, you know, oh, we sent seven emails in a row, but then that one event, we didn't send an email. And then, like, so what we're trying to do and what we want to do is actually create this responsibility where we are actually, as a, as a body, we are actually pressing in. We actually have ownership of our connection. Does that make, does that, am I painting that picture really good? Um, and so family, this, this idea of family um, it's not just it's not just a really good idea. It's actually a, a God idea. It's a God concept. And all the way throughout Scripture, um, God is referred to as the Father, and His followers are as sons and daughters. First John three says that um, it says, "See what kind of love the Father has given us, that we should be called the children of God." Ephesians 1.5 says he predestined us for adoption to sonship. We were in over on the coast. Um, again, an opportunity. We just threw this opportunity out and whoever wants to go. And so we had this group, a couple cars we took over to the coast last week. And um, we got to hear uh, Leif Hetland. If you guys have ever heard Leif, he's, a, um, he's from Norway. And anyway, he's just, he's brilliant. He's odd. In a good way, I, I'm just saying different, odd, he's good. And uh, and he has this passionate love for Jesus that is beautiful, is a good word, uh, contagious, impressive. It's just, you could just kind of listen to him talk about God all day, and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, just because he's so infatuated, maybe is a good term. And um, it was just, it was, it was a blast. Anyway, we went, and then we went out to dinner, and we just had a really good time. Um, but he, anyway, uh, the reason why I referred to that, reminded me of it, is because he talked about sonship and and um, and us understanding our intimacy, the place of intimacy that we rest through the Holy Spirit and through Jesus. And I couldn't even get close to doing it justice, but it was just amazing. And, and so the, what we did was road trip church, which is this, this idea we had of during the wintertime, um, everything just kind of slows down around here and everybody kind of gets, maybe not quite yet, but after the holiday between, I think, second week in January and basically until the, it gets sunny and warm and it's time to kind of go outside and play again, we, we start to get a little bit, I don't know, claustrophobic? I don't know what the word is, but... Um, and so we thought, man, we need to go. We need to go. We need to get out. And everybody loves road trips, or most people do. And so we thought, we'll go on road trips um, for a, uh, to a church destination. So we'll probably at least, at least do it a couple more times where we'll just go somewhere that has a Sunday night service. And we leave after church at some point, depending on how long it takes to get there. And we go to church together. We go to dinner together. And we come home. But it's a great time to hang out. 
It's a great time to, to connect. It's a great time to just be together. Ephesians 2, a little bit uh, later on, says that we are called to be the household of God. So family is, um, you know, having a healthy family, it's important to not just say family, but having a healthy family is actually God's plan for the church. We have to get it in our, in our um, deep in our core that we're not just here to be an organization. We're not just here to, to hear a message. We're not even just here to learn. We're not just here to even enjoy His presence. We're not just here to worship. We're actually here to be a family. And as all of us know, coming from different dynamics of family, some good, some bad, some non-existent, we bring a whole bunch of what a family looks like into this family. And so it looks like some really good kingdom things, and it also looks like some of the, the dynamics, good and bad, that we bring from our experiences. And it's so important to uh, focus on and and generate and cultivate what a healthy household, kingdom household looks like. And I realized that family, doing family, doing life like family, is actually a lot harder than doing it in an organization. It's a lot it's a lot harder than doing this. It's easy for me to stand up here and talk at you and then go on and do something else. But um, it's harder for us all to keep each other accountable and to show each other our lives. And I want to talk about um, kind of three questions that I hope are going to help us in taking ownership and responsibility for our part. I um, It's funny, one of the things I'm looking forward to after um, stepping down from being the senior leader is just being, just coming to church. Um, I've shared a whole bunch of times that I can... I can probably count on one hand, maybe maybe two, but I think I can count on one hand um, how many times I've been uh, been to church and not either been the guest speaker or on staff. Like I, it's it's maybe I don't know. I could I could figure it out. Not very many times, and. Uh, how many times I've actually got to just volunteer? It, it might sound like silly things, but um, it's something I'm actually excited about to to be and and experience from the other side of the pulpit what it's like to to come to church. Just insight into my my world. Um. So I want us to be honest with ourselves about these three questions. And I think that um, how we answer, how we look through and process these questions, even if your answer is, I don't really want to be part of this family. I like the way it is. It's just, I don't want to be part of a family. I got busy enough life as it is and enough time managing my own that I don't want to be part of another one. 
um, even if that those that's the response, um, still go through these because um, that will still give you a um, a place to to know what where you want what you want to do and where you want to go and what you want to be. Um, and also, it doesn't matter how long you've been apart of this family, or um, or how many people you currently know, or anything like that. Um, you can still look at these these three questions and and kind of inventory where am I and where do I want to be. And so the first one is, um, am I connected? Am I really connected? Am I? Is there? Do I have a connection point? Or maybe better, what is my connection point? If you're sitting here, you're, you have at least this connection point. But as a family, do I have a family connection point? Who am I actually connected to? Who am I doing family with? We have a pretty small church family. But there's at least half of our family on any given Sunday morning isn't sitting here. At least half of the people that call this family on a regular basis aren't here this morning. And next, you know, there's a whole bunch of people that are here every morning, but there's a whole bunch of people that that aren't, that just are busy with whatever. Um, and so you see a lot of different people coming and going. And who are you connected with? Who are you doing family with? Who are you doing... Um, who are you doing more than just Sunday morning with? For, um, you know, where, where are those opportunities at? You know, maybe it's the, the, the men's group at the leaders. Maybe it's the, the women's group that are starting up on Tuesday mornings. Maybe it's youth group. Maybe it's where are you serving? Where are you helping? Where are you, um, where are you, where are you doing family? Being a Christian is not just about believing, it's about belonging. Who misses you when you don't show up? That's one of the ways you can tell that you're connected, is people know that you're not there. I don't mean that they call you and chase you down. I'm not saying that you inventory whether or not they make you feel missed. I'm just saying that they miss you. If you don't show up, if you don't, if you're not there, if you're not... If there's nowhere in your life that you, that people don't look around when you don't show up and go, oh, they're not there. I would challenge you to say, and it's not their challenge, I would challenge you to say that you're not connected enough. You're not putting out enough effort. Get connected. Be involved. Make an impact. Do people know when you're not there? We tend to... Um, I'm trying to, I was writing this message and going through it and I'm trying to walk this line of inspiration, but it's not my job to convict you. <laughs> but I do want to inspire us to like, to step forward and, um, but I don't, it's not about making you feel bad or feel convicted or, oh, I should, it's not about that. It's just about, it's, it's, that's why we start with inventorying what you actually want to do. If you want to be involved, if you want to be involved in a family, if you want that feeling of, I'm part of a family, you have to pursue connection. You have to ask that, that question and be honest with, am I connected? Am I, 
Am I not, not just am I doing enough, but is this even what I really want? Because what you, what you realize at the end of all this process and these questions is that being family actually is a ton of work. It's a ton of work to be family. It's a ton of work. It's a ton of, of spending of yourself to actually be family. Um, okay. First Corinthians 12, 12. It says, just as a body, though one, has many parts, all its many parts, um, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. Um, this verse isn't about finding your job. Sometimes we, we, we talk about that, like finding your gift mix or finding your job in, in, in the body. It definitely can be kind of applied that way. But I would say it's actually more... Um, it's more about finding your connection. If you read this this whole process, it's more about who you're connected to. Um, and I would say that the that if you talk about a hand, a hand is only is only as effective as a hand can be if it's connected to a wrist, which is connected to an arm, which is connected to an elbow, and on and on and on, and all those things that are connected to a head. A hand is a hand, but if you sever it from the arm, if it's not connected, it's fairly worthless. And so it, it, this, this, um, this series of verses in Corinthians about, in First Corinthians about the body is actually more about connection than it is about roles. It's, it's more about, it, it's less about am I an eye, am I ear, am I a hand, am I a foot, am I... And more about, am I connected to the rest of the body of Christ? Because if I am, my job changes and my emphasis changes on the season. But as long as I'm connected, then I'm effective. As long as I'm connected to what's going on, then I'm effective. How do I know if I'm connected? Life is flowing. I took uh, my CPR and first aid training last Thursday. How many, how many do we have in this room that are CPR and first aid certified? Okay. So you know, there, things are changing, but um, for the most part, we had to sit in the classroom for a while. And one of the things that uh, they talk a lot about, and I've been, I've been CPR and first train, first responder trained or what do they call CPR and first aid trained? Uh, I don't know, probably six or seven times now. And uh, it's funny how things change, but one of the things that has changed is tourniquets. If you were trained uh, more than about two years ago, tourniquet, you didn't put a tourniquet on. It was like last result, no tourniquet because cut off the blood from the leg and or the arm or the whatever. And Well, actually now they've discovered, so I have heard as of Thursday, that actually you can survive a long time with a tourniquet and it's better that you don't bleed out. Uh, so apply a tourniquet sooner than later. So kind of interesting. Different thing. So yeah. Anyway, the point being is that life has to flow. There has to be life flowing into, to and from. This is actually an important part. We don't, we, we, when we think about blood going to our hand, it's as important that the blood returns from our hand and comes back to the body, that life actually flows both ways. 
arteries and veins. It's going, it's circular. It's all happening. And that happens through connection. It happens through connection. You disconnect the part of the body from the body. There ceases to be life. And then you could just, you know, you put it in a glass of milk and you take it to the hospital. <laughs> and you guys are, okay. Um, so yeah, how do you know you're connected? There's life flowing. There's life flowing. Are, are there people in your life, are there people in, in, in the body that are speaking life into you? That are pouring into your life? That are spending themselves on your life? And are you doing that? Likewise, into others. Is there life going into something in someone because you were there? And is there life? How, how many of us know that sometimes, <laughs> that sometimes in a family, it's only, it, it feels like one way? Sometimes you feel like maybe parts of your family actually just suck the blood out of you instead of giving, suck the life out of you instead of giving life to you. That happens sometimes. But it's important for for us to realize that life has to be flowing. And it's the easiest way to figure out that you're not connected is because there's nowhere in the body of Christ that you're getting life from and that you're pouring life into. And then I would encourage you to, as you look into this, is focus on where you are connected more than where you're not. I'll say that again. Focus more on where you are connected than where you're not connected. I think nothing discourages us more than wishing we were connected somewhere else. Like, oh, I wish... Oh, oh, those people really look like they're having fun. That's fine. Like, go get connected if you want. But I, I can't tell you how many over the last ten years have come to me and say... I feel disconnected and I ask questions and actually they're just not connected to the place they want to be or they're focusing on their disconnect and not their connect. Wishing I was there, wishing I had that relationship, wishing I, it, it ends up being discouraging. And so I encourage you when you're looking at your connection and you're inventorying your connection to the body, focus more on where you are connected. Who are you connected with? And if there's places that you, you want to be connected, then get connected to those places. But don't make don't don't forget that you, you actually are, do have some life flowing in some areas. Does that make sense? So the second question is, am I growing? And this is a really important question. Um, that is is a kind of a funny question because um, I had in here originally when I first wrote this down. Am I growing? Um, I had, in my notes I wrote, "Am I being fed?" And um, I I felt like the Holy Spirit just kind of convicted me about that because it's a um, it's a it's a I think it's an unhealthy way to process church life. Um, we all know what it means because we've said it for a long time. Am I being fed? Like, is the uh, but there's a there's a definite uh, separation from ownership, which is what we're trying to to grab a hold of. For am I being fed? Am I being fed? Sounds like 
Like, who do we feed? Who do we hand feed? Exactly. That's perfect. On cue. Yeah, but like babies, little... And there is seasons and times that people need to be fed. We need to, like, hand feed them to make sure they're getting the nutrients to survive. That's, that's an important ministry within the church. But that is not the ministry of the church, to hand feed everyone who comes to the door. Like, actually, we need to teach people how to use a fork and a knife and how to cut off pieces of chewable meat and actually lift them to their own mouths. And this is how you use your teeth. And to feed yourself. Like, are you feeding yourself? Are you, are you, are you being fed? But if you're not being fed, look at your own hands. Hands, what are you doing? Why aren't you putting food in my mouth? Like, feed, feed yourself. But, but in that process is, are you growing? Are you invested in your own growth? Are you owning your own growth? Are you owning whatever it is that is going into your, into, to feeding you? Are you nourishing yourself? I just lost myself. I just lost myself. Oh, I'm found. Here we are. Um, are, you allow, are you allowing yourself to be challenged? I, I um, Being challenged is a funny thing. We built a challenge course and and when that thing is running, and while we're, our our purpose is to challenge people, the challenge is what stretches us and creates room to grow. Danny, I think it was Danny, actually it could have been Paul. Anyway, that one of the he, he created this really neat self picture of stretching, and when God stretches us, it's really uncomfortable to get stretched. It's like it's like this feeling of like I'm gonna explode but once you once you stretch and you get used to that position then you have all this extra room to, to fill up and god stretches you again and um and uh so being challenged while it can be uncomfortable it's really necessary to growing don't think of it just as growing fatter but just growing and so oftentimes we avoid the very thing that we need to grow, which is stretching. Do we have people in our lives, in this, in a family, in, in a, a loving relationship? We have people in our lives that challenge us. They challenge the way we think. They challenge the way we act. They challenge our our processes. They challenge our our beliefs. They challenge, and I don't mean challenge in 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 like attack or aggression or after after you're challenged, you feel broken or belittled I mean challenged in calling you up how many of you guys know if somebody questions why you believe something and if at first you can't answer it but it but it's a challenge to your belief system but it sends you on a journey to figure out actually why you believe it you've just grown through a challenge you just got somewhere that you wouldn't get if you weren't challenged it's, it's the problem with isolation. It's because when the only person around to challenge you is you, you can only grow as big as you can imagine. <laughs> you can only grow as big as you can challenge yourself. 
Try coming up things that you've never thought of before and that you can't think of. So again, try coming up with things that you can't think of. Try thinking just totally different than you. You can't. Every way you think is the way that you think. You can change the way you think and you can grow. And of course, we, the Holy Spirit can lay things on you and you can learn. And you can, but one of the huge ways that we think differently is by being around other people and being challenged. Because everyone's got a little bit different of a perspective. You still with me? All right. Remember that life is a journey, not a destination. Pursuing God is a journey, not a destination. That's why I love the phrase, the follower of Jesus instead of Christian. I understand this is not a... a Christian is fine. But, but the saying that I am a Christian is, it feels final to me. Like I've arrived somewhere. Which you have. We've, you know, saying I'm a Christian is the, is the, it's true that it's an arrival. But it's the arrival at the beginning, not the arrival at the end. We talk about um, the cross and that the cross is, is the starting line, not the finish line. It's our goal not to get people to the cross, but through the cross. In Philippians 1, Paul wrote this um, letter to the Philippians when he was in, in prison. And uh, one of the challenges of being in prison is it's hard to travel. Thank you, Annie. Um, it puts a damper on your ministry, your traveling ministry, when you when you are being held in captive. And... Uh, but so you, he's writing these letters, and, and um, he writes this letter to the church in Philippi. And basically, it's the the New Testament is filled with um, it's pretty much all about growing as a believer. It's pretty much all about listen. It it was like this, but now it's like this. It, I under you know it was like it was like that, but we want you to do this now. And um, there's a, in, in verse 1, um, starting in verse 9, it says, This is my prayer. So this is him as he's praying. Read the whole thing. It's all awesome. But it says, This is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. He was basically saying that, like, even though I'm in prison, don't forget to keep growing. Grow in wisdom. Grow in purity. Grow in discernment. Grow in righteousness. Just keep growing. Grow in love. But we have to get to this place where we own our, our personal growth. 
I, I think about, oftentimes I've been thinking about more recently, how I'll do listening to my to, to someone preach. I'm, I'm opinionated. I know you guys don't know that about me. <laughs> I'm opinionated. And sometimes I'm wrong. I know. It surprised me too when I found out. <clears throat> I know. I know the challenge. I know the challenge of... Well, I'll say this. I can imagine the challenge. I've heard people preach before, so I don't want to... But that challenge of like pulling things, um, I don't know how I'll hear when I'm not a pastor. I don't know how I will. But I know I want to prepare my heart. I know I need to. I know I need to get, get ready to like not. It would be easy to say it's not my job anymore. Or, you know, the transition from, I mean, since I'm telling you, since I was 17, I had to start preparing. I had to start having things to say. People, this is the the, the introduction into ministry was when I before I graduated high school, I ran a junior high uh, Bible study thing, and so from the time basically like six months after I got saved, I was reading the Bible to teach. And I know what Bill says, and, and, and while I make effort to read the Bible to learn and then teach what you learn, like I understand that concept. But sometimes you read the Bible to teach because you've got to teach. Like, I've got I to teach. I gotta... and, and ideally it's something you're learning. I, I, I get it. And, um, but for the first time, really, in, in over 20 years, I'll be reading the Bible with no teaching in mind it's going to be really interesting to me and all of a sudden uh, you know how, how many of you guys know that sometimes scripture or not scripture or whatever it is you don't know something as well until you teach it once you teach something and all of a sudden you're like oh my gosh I, I know it pretty well now because I had to teach it I hope I don't put down my hunger for for learning when I put down the necessity teaching like I'm I'm mentally preparing to hopefully not do that I want to own my own growth because for a long time not solely but there's been a lot of times when it gets challenging I got to give that ownership to you I better grow better know something because it's Wednesday (laughs) Sunday's coming (laughs) better learn something Better have something to say. <laughs> I was trying to do the math. I, I think I've preached just right around 500 times at Mount Chapel. Is that wild? I must have said the same thing a whole bunch of times. <laughs> It's a good thing we're all, we just, I heard somebody say that, that in any message you only get 10%. Any one person only gets 10%. Which means you could preach a message 10 times before everybody gets it. 
funny. I know sometimes you guys realize I'm re-preaching a message. But sometimes I preach a message three times and nobody knows it's even the same one. Like, man, they really do just not, don't remember anything that I'm saying. Sorry, I'm being extra vulnerable. Um, all right, the third thing, we're going to kind of blow through this one pretty quick, but it's, it is really important um, in where we are. And the third part of being a family is, am I serving? The third question, am I serving? Um, and maybe transferred into where am I serving in what way am I spending myself I love that phrase um, I've heard it before but was reminded again when um, Tracy was here of where where am I spending myself where is it costing me um, it, it's it's one thing to give because you're bored well I got nothing else going on so I need something to do so I'll come and help or serve or whatever it's another thing to give and to serve when and when it costs you, where am I? Where am I spending myself? Where where is it costing me to to invest in family? Um, and again, this is one of those interesting challenges that I'm preparing myself is that being part of a of a church, being paid to be the pastor, everything I do for Mountain Chapel is is work. Everything I do is investing in is actually part of my job. And uh, and I'm challenging myself to prepare and create room in my calendar to serve when I when I'm not paid. I, this may be like, well, yeah, duh, we all welcome to the real world. But <laughs> I'm pulling back the shades, like, wow, look at this whole world exists. I'm just sharing my process, and um, but we all have to do that, and and um, and so I'm just preparing my heart like where where is that how much and and of course there's part of that is my world also but um volunteering and and putting in time but where are you spending yourself um where you where you um invested did it cost you and uh, and i really want to say this too is is that i i don't mean just just money i think sometimes we It's easier to give than it is to serve, and um, and so I, I just encourage us all to do to be doing both and spending um, both our time and our money invested in what our family's doing, and uh, whether it's this church family or or outside aside this church family. Um, and I know that I'm not saying this because we don't already do this. Like, um, you know, watching. Watching our our people serve in the community is is awesome. Um, John thirteen, one of my favorite stories of Jesus is when he washes the feet of the disciples, and um, what I love about it is that he creates this he creates this dynamic because they're just starting to figure out who he, how amazing he is they're just starting to figure out like they're, they're just experiencing like the wow factor of calming storms and healing lepers and raising people from the dead and they're just like 
This guy is like a rocket ship that is above all of us. This is he's the son of God. Like they don't have it yet. They don't get it yet. We know later on that they just don't get it until the Holy Spirit really comes and reminds them and all that. But they're starting to. They're starting to see this Jesus that is Lord. And he does this amazing thing. He comes from the very top and in one action gets to the very bottom. And he takes the job that nobody wants, that the the least of the servants do, is when you show up and you're all dusty and they wash your feet. And he takes this job and he serves the disciples that will... If you, if you follow the disciples' lives, that will, they will lay down their lives in the future. They're going to lay down their lives following Jesus. He washes their feet. And, and I, just, I just love it. Um, I love how they, they get to experience... I don't know what it would be like. I, I literally don't think I can imagine it. If Jesus showed up, we knew it was him. He showed up. And we're like, preach. Heal somebody. Do something. Make it snow. Make it stop snowing. Like, I don't know. Do whatever. Like, oh. And he's like, no, I'm just going to wash your feet. He chooses like the most powerful message in the moment was to serve. He could do anything, say anything. He knows everything. And the message He wants us to share with His disciples in this moment is, Sir, I'm just going to serve. It's amazing. It's an amazing paradigm that I don't think that we, I don't think that we don't get it. I think we do get it. But it's, it's, I think we need to hold a magnifying glass to it every once in a while. And remember that the King of Kings washed the feet of the disciples. That the Son of God got down on the floor with soap and water and just cleaned dirty feet. Like it wasn't a, it wasn't a, a spiritual experience. It was just you have dirty feet and someone's got to wash them and I'm going to do that. And of course we know the process of of Peter, you know, arguing with him. and I don't know. He's like, dude, you, you better get it. Like if, you don't, if you don't get it, this is part of it. This is what, like your paradigm of like the most powerful person stays at the top. You've got you've to wreck that. You've got to remember that like, that, that the king serves. So ask yourself, how does my environment experience me? How does the environments that, I, that I'm in, how do they experience me? And I'll, just for the sake of context in this story, am I someone that always needs my feet washed or am I someone that's willing to wash feet? Because sometimes you sit in both. Sometimes you're, you're on your knees washing feet and sometimes you're sitting in the chair dealing with humility. 
And sometimes while that's happening, you don't even get to be involved. You're in the kitchen getting spaghetti ready. You know? Like, what? I missed it. It's all right. He's around. There'll be more dirty feet. And there'll be more people serving. So where, where are we? How does the environment experience us? How, does, how do the people in our lives... One of the, one of the things that in, in all this... I've, kind of shared in a couple different ways, but it's one of the questions I'm asking myself is how how will Mountain Chapel remember my ten years? I don't I, there's time will tell. But it's something that I'm inventorying. Like how did how did of course ten years is pretty long and so we've had seasons. But you know how how will my story get told? And it's the same with all of us in all of our environments. How will Weaverville remember the way that you did whatever that you do here? How will your class, my schoolers, how will your school remember you? How will your club, how will your workplace, how will your group of friends, how will your I don't remember. I, I'm not talking about when when you die. <laughs> I'm not planning like because we talk about planning for a death and we just never get to it. We're like, well, I'm not gonna die for a while. We are. But like how? I mean, just as you when you walk out of a room, you're there for an hour, or two, or three. How will they remember you? How will people tell your story? How do people experience you? Do they experience you as somebody that's pouring out, that's serving? Not all the time. Not that everybody, that everybody's more important than you. I understand that Jesus didn't wash their feet every time he came in the room. It wasn't his job. He didn't take it on as like, oh, his feet are dirty again. I'm the job. I'm the feet washer. Nope. As far as we know, he only did it once. He just wanted to let them know that I'm not above it. <laughs> I can do this too. All right, so we'll finish up. Connection is work. I know. You won't do the work unless you believe that the reward is worth the price that you're going to pay for it. So we've got to start by just figuring out what, what do we want to be connection? Do, do we want to be connected? Do we want to be a family? Do we want, do we want to pay the price that... Um, we want to pay, pay the price that it costs to be connected, to be family. But know this, that we are living in the family grace, in the family environment that was paid for yesterday. You know, a lot of the experience that we are sitting in right now, the way that we get to interact, the, the environment in this room, it wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't today. It wasn't because we necessarily brought it today. It was because it was brought yesterday and the day before and the year before and the ten years before. There's still things that we are living in the wake of because it's what Bill taught us. It's what Danny taught us. It's what Steve taught us. It's because the people sacrificed and, and came to things when it was difficult and poured themselves out for this family for years and years and years. And the family environment that we get to live in right now 
is because of the investment and the sacrifice from before. And so what we're doing now, what we're investing in now, is for the years to come. We're living the grace of yesterday's effort. Today we invest in tomorrow's connection. Am I connecting? Am I growing? And am I serving? You guys stand up. So next, uh, so I don't forget to say this, next week, Brandon and Amy and their family is going to be here. It's going to be a whole bunch of fun. Um, Please come. Dress nice. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm totally kidding. I keep thinking of like, it'd be really funny to play some kind of practical joke and then me telling myself, that's not funny. <laughs> nope, that's not funny. Just let it be. Okay. Um, no, but you guys are going to love them and come and come and hear them. And uh, it'll be a lot of fun. And then, you know, those of you that are members, which is most most of you guys, you're going to vote on them. So come and, come and hear them. The time is coming that uh, that that is going to be happening. So there's there's responsibility on it. You guys get to you do get to choose, and so please um, please grab that. And are you waving that at me because you want to say something? Okay. Sure. I was just going to pray and let them go. So if you're hungry after this, it's Shelly's fault. <laughs> just kidding. Go ahead. I um, had a word from the Lord this morning that I want to share with you, and it's brief. But before we do that, I want us all to extend a hand to Cameron and his family and just release the grace that's in us for family in this transition. And our very, very best thoughts for them. Release your understanding and compassion that you've experienced through your own transitions. Release everything you needed and wanted during those seasons. And recognize that God's grace is so on us that just because we change positions in a family, there's no love lost. Nothing diminishes in Christ. We go from glory to glory, from increase to increase. Thank you for doing that. Now, while you're standing, um, the word I got this morning is has to do with a tipping point. And you probably know more about a tipping point than I do, but I know this much, is that in a critical mass, when something's moving in a certain direction, 
that when you're at a tipping point, it only takes a little bit to move it quickly. It's like this mass is moving and then suddenly, wow, it's, it's over the edge. And I got that word this morning that if we just lean a little bit into what God is doing, we're going to cascade. In, and I saw it as a, like, a, like Niagara Falls. You know, we're going to cascade into this momentum of God and glory and hope and power that we've not experienced before. And it lines up with Sam's word and I think with what you're speaking to us about that we've gained momentum in this family because of the investments of our fathers and our leaders. So today... I'm going to ask you to do a prophetic act that may make you laugh. But I just want you to prophetically, you can sit or stand, lean, 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 lean in, and let your heart surrender to what God's doing right now. It's so powerful. Thank you. Thank you. Ooh, when you talk about family, I get all emotional. <laughs> I'm a mom and I'm a grandma. and That's my job. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to invite the prayer team up. And we're going to pray that you lean further, whatever you want prayer for. And... Um, I'll, I'll pray, unless you're going to pray. Okay. Um, Lord, we just thank you. I thank you for family. All the all the designs you could have come up with, designing us to be a family. And um, mm, God's calling. Uh, Lord, we just um, yeah, we just thank you that that we get to be a family. We thank you that we get to be... Um, we thank you that love is important to you. Not just obedience, but love. It's so crucial to, to family. Obedience is there too. But thank you, Lord, that our greatest calling is not just to be obedient, but to love. It's such a wonderful place. And we just pray... Uh, just peace on this week and and I pray that you just stir up our excitement for the change I pray that this week you'd speak to to Brandon and and his family Lord that if this is if they're the ones then you'd make it clear to them and make it clear to us if if they're to take us into the next season that you would just be so all over it that we would all see it and that we would fall in love with each other. 
And, and in the same way, if they're not the ones, if there's someone else that you have designed for this next season, that you'd make that as obvious. That it would be obvious that it's it's not a good fit, that it's not a, not that we wouldn't love them, but just that it's not a good fit, that, that there's somebody else, Lord, that you just um, speak clearly to us yeah, and, uh, as we as we move into this. We thank you, we bless you. Keep us all safe with this week with this crazy kind of weather. We're, we're, we welcome it. We need a winter. Um, but Lord, keep us safe and, and let us enjoy it. You're wonderful.